Faith Science Podcast. My name is Howard Bublitz, and welcome back to the eighth Sunday after Pentecost for the week of July 23rd, 2023, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and I'm excited because this week I'm going to try not talking about dirt that much. We've talked about dirt a lot, but it's also really interesting how the subject and what we talked a little bit about last week, the mycelia, fungi, and being able to communicate with other plants is definitely relatable. And I'll probably reference a little bit this week as we get into it. But I found a different scientific tie-in this week. It's amazing how often when you're going through these texts week after week like this, how much they do interweave. And I would highly recommend if you haven't done it before, make sure that you're listening on either side if you've missed some weeks or different things of that nature. Because as I've done it, done this podcast, it is pretty amazing how the whole cycle really weaves beautifully together. And I don't think we talk about that enough. It's not just that we read things chronologically. There's oftentimes there's a lot of themes that tie in so beautifully together. And I think it's a part within our theology that doesn't get talked about enough. So I have to give a lot of props to the people who did design the Revised Common Lectionary so many years ago. I will say I am pretty tired of talking about dirt, so I won't talk about dirt this week. But I think there's a lot of other things that we can get into. But before we jump into this week and how the text, let's look at what was the question from last week, which was, where have you cared about another person's, quote, plant, a.k.a. faith? And we got a couple different responses this week, one being from somebody who went to ER and just talking about how the conversations that you have with people the impact that can be noticed, even just striking up a conversation, being in ER is a stressful time and just having conversations to help calm people down, whether to acknowledge that we're all going through this, it's difficult, it's hard, but I think it's so important. And I also did get some feedback, hearing back from people that the mycelium and how we are connecting to each other, whether we are in good soil or in rougher soil, is so important, and I would totally agree. I think that's one of the the subtle messages that's within that text that we really didn't understand until recently, how important it is for that mycelia fungi to be able to communicate back and forth, and it kind of reiterates how it is a personal faith but also a community faith and how important both ands that is to be able to live out the faith in the way that we are called to live it out. So let's just jump into it for this week because there is a lot to get into. So our alternative first reading is from Genesis chapter 28 verses 10 to 19a. So we are fast forwarding a lot here in the Jacob and Esau story. There has been fights now over the birthright and Jacob has fled. And this is now where Jacob is on the run and he finds a place to lay down for the night. And this is where we get the dream of Jacob's ladder, that there was a ladder going from heaven to earth descending and the Lord talking and reassuring Jacob, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and God of Isaac, and this is the land that I'm setting aside for you, and it shall bless not only you, but your offspring. And wherever you go, I will be with you, and I'm promising this to you. And Jacob then recognizes this and then builds a place and calls it Bethel, builds a tower and blesses it, recognizing that this is a holy place. 
This is also where if you've gone to the gym, you have that ladder that just keeps going and going and going, Jacob's ladder. So it's this acknowledgement of how the communication that God wants with his people helping Jacob to recognize, I have been with your grandfather, I have been with your father, I'm going to continue to be with you and be with your future generations. I'm not wanting to lose this communication back and forth. The psalm that goes with that is Psalm 139, verses 1 to 12 and 23 and 24. This is a psalm of recognition of who God is. This recognition of God knows us better than we know ourselves recognizing that God created us and is continuing to provide for us, recognizing that we cannot flee from God, that God is always with us and taking care and trying to provide as long as we are acknowledging this, that in all of this, in all the craziness of life, in all the things where we get frustrated or feel like we are being turned away, that God is still within our hearts, stirring and moving and being within us and is trying to work whatever life has thrown at us to work for the glory of God. We then get, for the other alternative Old Testament text, we have a choice from either the Wisdom of Solomon or Isaiah. So starting from the Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 12, verse 13 and 16 through 19. This is, again, a recognition of the care that God has for God's people. The recognition of the righteousness, the sovereignty that has been given to us. The people have been given this power and that the power of who God is to be with us. But then also recognizing that God then has all of this proclaimed power, but yet is still able to be kind and tender and hopeful for us to be able to give us this hope and recognition that this power that God possesses isn't just for God, but it's for to work the gift of what God is desiring for not only God's self, but for us as well. The other alternative to that is out of Isaiah chapter 44 verses 6 to 8. This is then the recognition that this is the God that is like no other God that is proclaimed so many different things. And this is not for something for us to fear, but this is for us to recognize that this is something that can be built upon, that this is a firm foundation. The psalm that goes with these two readings is Psalm 86, verses 11 to 17. This is when we have recognized what God has done and recognized the power that God has, then to be taught How do we walk in a way of truth with an undivided heart? How do we give our whole heart a way to glorify God? How do we recognize how deep the steadfast love is that God has for us? How do we rise up and be able to seek God in every situation? How do we look for the mercy of God and be able to show others the slow to anger and the steadfast love that is there? These things that God is teaching us and asking how do we, one, recognize it, but then also show it in our day-to-day lives. The New Testament text or epistle text is out of Romans chapter 8, verses 12 to 25. This then continues on the text of where we were last week, recognizing that it's our flesh that is causing us to fail, but that doesn't mean that we give up hope. 
It means that we continue to lay into the Holy Spirit that is within us and crying to the Holy Spirit to be able to stir within us to guide us as children of God. And recognizing that then we are heirs to Christ, that we are all in this together, this big family. It's one of the things I think as the American culture and where my wife comes from more of a Hispanic culture, where we look at this text as an individual. And I think this is a moment where Paul is trying to help us recognize that we're much more into this collective part within our faith. Again, the community side of our faith, that we are working as a whole unit, working for where God is being. And especially that as we get into some of these other writings that Paul has, like 1 Corinthians, looking at it as a body. But this recognition of how we are longing for things that will not necessarily happen here, but we do not have to give up hope. We recognize that the Spirit of God has been embedded within us, and in doing that, it gives us hope. It's this hope that is steering us toward where God is wanting us to be, and to recognize the patience that comes with that and recognizing that we are extremely valuable to God at the same time. The gospel text this week is out of Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 to 30 and 36 to 43. This is another parable about gardening, but this is where Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven to a garden that's being sowed and that the enemy comes in and sows in weeds into the wheat. When they're asked, should we just go in and take out these weeds? The owner says no, because the chances of damaging the wheat that's in that field is too great. And so when it's time for harvest, the weeds go in and get harvested to be burned and then is collected. And then we get this explanation of what this is, that the gardener, the owner, is God. The field is the world. The good seed is the children of the kingdom. The weeds are from the evil one. The enemy has sold them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are the angels. And this idea again of the recognition of how God has this want and desire to be in relationship with us and to be able to let our light shine on who God is within us. But that also means that we have to continue to be even in this difficult time with people that maybe aren't seeing eye to eye to with us. And I would argue it gives us an opportunity to also share some of that mycelium with them and share the news of Jesus with them. And who knows what happens to that weed? Maybe the weed that we thought was a weed is actually wheat in the end. But before we jump into how faith and science come together this week, we have to do our shameless plugs full. Working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainwaves podcasts, their commentaries, their discussions, since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help give me some direction on where to go with the podcast week after week after week. So, if you haven't checked out WorkingPreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. I'd also highly recommend checking out Vanderbilt's Divinity Library. I really like using them week to week based on how they lay out the text, but also the art, the hymns, the liturgical colors, the prayers. There's a lot of great resources over there. And if you haven't checked that out, I highly recommend it. I really like the depth that is over there that gives you so much over in that resource. I'd also highly recommend if you haven't checked it out before and you enjoy listening to this podcast, checking out the Green Blades Preaching Roundtable and Green Blades Rising Publications. They're either a weekly reflection or a monthly newsletter. 
And one of the biggest things that is so powerful with this is it gives you commentaries and ideas to be able to look at these texts from an ecological lens. And especially if you're enjoying looking at and hearing how science looks at these texts week to week, I bet you would enjoy looking at how do we look at these texts from an environmental lens week after week. So I'd highly recommend checking out the links down below in the show notes with the email address and sign up for these remarkable newsletters. When we look at these texts that we have in front of us this week, I think one of the things that is so dramatic is how much God wants to communicate with us. Even in the parable that we get in Matthew, how the weeds are left because of the worry of damaging the wheat. But I would also argue the worry of potentially pulling weeds that aren't wheat. And so in that shows this care and love for communication, this care and love to understand who we are. And I would argue it's something that's been embedded within the DNA of who we are as people, that we have this desire constantly to share our ideas, to grow together, to be able to understand things at a greater level. And as we have looked at specifically like the last 500 years, we'll say, there has been a lot of growth in this field. And I'll attach some different links down below. There's a whole crash course talking about media literacy and getting into some of the history of media literacy, which is fascinating. I highly recommend checking out, again, anything that Crash Course puts out. So well-researched and such great information if you have the time. But think about it. The Protestant Reformation started out of the Gutenberg Press being able to share information quickly in the common language. And it inspired people like Luther to be able to bring the Bible into the language of the people, to be able to share it. Heck, here in the United States, when the Declaration of Independence was signed in 1776, we just celebrated the Independence Day of signing the Declaration right around July 4th. It took a month before it reached in the mail, before it reached London, to be actually letting King George know what the United States was declaring at that point. And we fast forward almost a century to 1858. It took 10 hours for James Buchanan to respond to the first transatlantic telegram from Queen Victoria. How much faster this is. This is blazing fast going over 3,600 miles. And we think about how much has changed in the world by that point. We're having the beginnings of newspapers becoming in the United States and being able to share pamphlets and how much that has changed. We think about in 1858, this is not that far from the Civil War and tensions rising, but yet communication is moving faster and faster. By 1928, Kelvin Coolidge places the first telephone call to a European lender, King Alfonso VIII of Spain. It took 0.2 seconds to get there and traveled over 3,700 miles. This, again, has dramatically transformed. We have gone from the Pony Express and being able to send mail that way to the point of now telegrams to telephone calls. And think of how fast now things are moving. The mail is getting more and more efficient. 
And think about now from this last century, how we have gotten to the point of where we are. Many of us, and not me included, Amazon was actually faster pre-pandemic to where I'm located now, but we are able to have package definitely ordered and shipped typically within a week, if not days, if not hours. We are able to put things up on the internet almost instantaneously. To be honest, like my podcast, there are things that I can literally do to bam, it is out right now. Or I can schedule it to go out at a specific time for you to be able to listen to it. We look at how we have different social media platforms being able to share news faster than we ever have before. In 2015, President Barack Obama praised Pope Francis for the first U.S. presidential tweet to a foreign leader and how fast that can move now. We think about now, and especially me with having a wife who was originally from a different part of the country, how we're able to utilize things like video conference calling and Zoom. We think about where we're at now after the pandemic and how video conference calls have become a normal part that is a utilized tool within business and education for better or for worse. We're in a world that is moving so much faster in so many ways because we're able to communicate faster than we ever have before. We are able to spread messages and get the word out in ways that we've never experienced before. Think about, and especially if you follow pop culture, how much social media, be it Instagram, Snapchat, Reels, be it Facebook, Meta as it's getting into its different ways, Twitter, all these different social media platforms that are allowing us to be able to share in different ideas faster and faster and how we sometimes can even get controversies with that because of how fast we are able to share this news. These scientific breakthroughs to be able to have communication go faster. And this doesn't even bring up one of the arguably the biggest of all of them, the internet in and of itself. We have to remember the roots back to the internet was initially for scientists to be able to share ideas, to be able to work on things across the country together, and how far we have come from that initial spot. But it's amazing. It is amazing how fast different things go on. For me, being on this end of the podcast, I get to see all the different metrics and all the different countries and all the different places that this podcast gets, which is incredible. I get to watch, like last week, I had the most downloaded day I ever had, and I'm fairly confident the listener is from Florida. If you happen to want to reach out, I'd love to hear from you, as you downloaded like 150 of my podcasts that were from my back catalog, which I'm flattered. But it's amazing to be able to see how my ideas and different things are being able to be shared, but it's not just like the United States. I'm seeing it all over the world every month, different places being able to pick this podcast up and listen and hear and voice their ideas, send me emails, send me tweets, send me different ways of communication to let me know their thoughts on this stuff. It's mind-boggling how far we have come. In a matter of a few centuries, and heck, we think about even in a matter of only a few lifetimes. And what is the drive behind all of this? 
the drive being that we want to share ideas. We want to feel loved and cared and known. We want to feel like we matter. I think now, with that information, let's look back at these texts. Jacob is running and is scared for his life as Esau, in his mind, is going after him to kill him, which he initially says that he's going to do. And as we get later on, we learn that God softens the heart of Esau. But here, it's this reminder that God is not abandoning Jacob. In fact, he continues to remind Jacob of not only the past, but the present and future promises that God has made with Jacob and his family. I think this is important for us to remember as well, that we are a part of that. And look at how God communicates. God communicates in dreams. The psalmist in Psalm 139, recognizing that God knows their inmost parts better than they know it themselves, and to help them be able to become the person that God has designed them to be, and to not be overcome by these different things of the world that minimize them, that causes them to doubt, that causes them to fear. And we get these same themes out of the wisdom of Solomon and Isaiah and the psalmist in Psalm 86 of teach me. The recognition that God knows more. We even in the Paul text, this recognition of we are going to fail. So what do we do? We reach out to God. We reach out to God recognizing that God is going to be the provider that is able to Give us what we need to get through what we need to get through. That the bondage and different things that hold us down in this lifetime are not something that cannot be overcome by somebody greater than our human flesh. And that no matter what is going on, God is going to still work it for the betterment of what God is wanting, even though it doesn't always make sense to us. Even though there's times where it doesn't seem fair. Even though there's times where it just doesn't make human sense. Even when there's times when God cries with us. That God is still working this somehow for the glory of God. Sowing in weeds into a field of wheat. Yes, to play into a little bit what we talked about. It would suck nutrients away from the wheat. It would tap into the fungal connections of these. And tap in and invade and act kind of like malware in a certain way, be able to suck things up and take nutrients out of the soil potentially. But it's also this recognition of how much God does care and want to connect with us that I don't want to lose any of them though. Even though there's ones there that are going to do things that are going to make it harder, I want all my wheat, all of it. And I don't want you to potentially see something as a weed that's actually wheat. This communication that God is trying to have with us to recognize how valuable we are as a collective group and as individuals is powerful. This recognition of, I do know you so well, and I am there in those struggles, but it doesn't mean that I'm leaving you. I know in my life, with having nieces and nephews that are across the country, there are times where they ask the hard question of why do you have to go? Why do you have to leave? Why can't you just stay here? And it's always hard to tell them, though, I have a job back in another place, or I have a house that I need to take care of, or all these different excuses on why I have to go. 
But yet we've been blessed in this time and in this place to be able to have communications with them in ways that I wasn't even able to have when I was a child. But I think this is also a reminder for us that we should have that same type of feeling about our relationship with God. That God, yes, has spoken to us through letters and the spoken word, has spoken through prophets, has spoken in so many different ways, but still desires us to go to God instantaneously through prayer. That God still desires to have those intimate conversations with us, like those late night phone calls that you may have had when you were younger. That God still wants to have these times where we're digging into the word and we're maybe writing notes and having that in the written word. Or speaking to us through prophets that have spoken years before us. These breakthroughs in science that we have to be able to communicate with other people are impressive. But I think it's also the recognition that God has been doing that much longer. And what is the heart of what all of this is? I know it's what I talked to some about last time when we had this text. It's the love that God has for us. The love that is so powerful that we want to learn how to walk that out. We want to learn what it means to do and what does it mean to be righteous? What does it mean not to judge, but be able to judge with mildness and have forbearance for others? What does it mean to know that what is behind my tongue, even when I say the wrong thing, what does it mean to know me completely? What does it mean that when I'm in the darkest place, that you still come in and light up the place? I think that means that we need to be able to get into those places where we have that type of communication, to have those deep times, those deep thoughts, those deep times to be able to help you find who you are again, those deep moments when you are lost and not sure where you're going, that you're able to at least hit the reset and say, you may not entirely know, but I'm still with you and I'm working with you whether you recognize it or not. And whether you recognize it or not, I'm working on things behind the scenes that you can't see at this point. Jacob couldn't work with Esau being running away from Esau, fearing for his life, but God was. God told the angels not to go in and reap the harvest because potentially it might damage some of the wheat. Potentially we'll lose some along the way. I think that's important for us to recognize. So the question I have for you this week is, where do you go to have those intimate conversations with God? Where do you go to have those intimate conversations with God? Because I'm finding as I get older, there are different places that I go. There has been ones that have been for seasons, and there's some that I go back to time and time again. And still being a young adult, there's definitely still times that I feel like I lose myself. And I don't even know how it happens. It's just you wake up some days and realize that you've been missing in action for a while. You don't know quite where you've been. You don't know quite where you're going or where the next turn is. And those times are scary. Those times can feel dark. And those times can feel like you don't know who you are anymore. And that's when knowing that we have the God that we do becomes so important. Knowing that we have a God who can communicate through people, Knowing that we have God who can communicate through nature, knowing that the Holy Spirit is always working with us and is never abandoning us, helps you take those deep breaths that you need 
Put on your shoes to go out and do whatever needs to be done. Take those steps forward, no matter how hard the day is. And to know that God is working with you still. And remember that even in that garden where the weeds were sown in, God still took care of it. Not just the weeds, but he took care of the wheat to make sure it would grow. To make sure it got to a point where it could yield. Even in the times where people were concerned, they still figured out a way to care for that garden for the yield to still happen. And even sometimes when we feel super far away, we have been blessed with a God that is always on speed dial. That's right there. That's faster than a text, faster than IMing someone, faster than any type of communication we have. God's just there. And sometimes that's better than whatever type of way we can communicate with others. Because sometimes we need the Holy Spirit speaking through someone else. Sometimes we need the Holy Spirit just speaking within us saying, I know you, I've always known you, and I have plans for you. Walk with me, talk with me, let's talk for a while about it. Jacob recognized and saw the place as holy as Bethel. I would argue then that means that the temple that we have within ourselves, where the Holy Spirit dwells, should also be named Bethel. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.